if you're really struggling to change something in your life, there is a deeper need that is still being met. And not only does it need to be met in a different way, you need to heal and process through the root experiences and feelings and traumas. You need to build a relationship to those emotional energies and learn new ways of working with them, being with them, processing through them. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I want to talk about when we struggle to change certain habits and patterns, why that is and what we can do about it. The short is that if you're really struggling to create change, to adopt a new habit or release a bad habit, or to step into a new way of being, that's because the old habit, the old pattern, the old way of being is still meeting a need. And that need can sometimes be very obvious. Take, for example, things like if you struggle to let go of emotionally eating. So eating a lot of sugar, eating a lot of snacks, whatever it is that makes you feel good, the need that's being met there can be a little bit more obvious. It's giving you a reprieve from stress. It's giving you a boost. It's giving you a feel good. It's helping you feel happier. And for a lot of people, it is one of the only places when we're busy and life is chaotic that we can experience pleasure. So some things can be a lot easier to see what that need is that's being met. And when we can see what that need is, we're more easily able to then find other things that can replace it. Other situations, it can be a lot more difficult to understand the driving subconscious need that is being met. So take, for example, in this case, being in a pattern of bad, toxic, abusive relationships. Or maybe you're with a partner who deep down you know is not the right person for you, but you can't seem to leave. You can't seem to start to stop dating the people that aren't a match for you in ways that you consciously realize. They're avoidant, they're unavailable, they're abusive, they're unkind, whatever it might be, you still go back to that pattern. You can't break it. And we might think that on the surface, it's that we love them or we're attracted to them or they're the only person that makes us feel a certain way when really there's a deeper subconscious need that's being met. And in situations like unhealthy relationship patterns, there's often a deep attachment wound that your subconscious believes with this person If you can get them to change, if you can get them to see you, to love you, to treat you differently, you'll heal that wound that comes from an attachment figure. But that's not always apparent to us on the surface, because on the surface, we think that it's about the person, it's about the situation, it's about something else. So sometimes when we have these habits, these patterns, these ways of being that don't serve us, that aren't what we want, that we know we need to change, the need that's being met by it is clear. Just because it's clear doesn't mean that it's easy to change it, to choose a different way of being, to show up differently, to adopt new and better, more aligned habits, to get into different practices and ways of moving through and engaging with life and other people. Just because we know that we emotionally eat because it's Our one place for experiencing pleasure, it's one place where we feel calm and centered and happy. It's the only thing that seems to give us a boost. 
consciously knowing that, being able to see that easily doesn't mean that it's going to be easy to then change it because these habits and patterns are deeply worn grooves in our subconscious mind. They are deeply worn neural pathways that we are so used to just running through, looping through, dropping into, following. And oftentimes these habits and patterns that we most need to let go of are so habitual. They're not even conscious thought. We don't realize how often we reach for food. We don't realize how easy it is and why it's so easy for us to go back to toxic partners or friend circles or to say yes to the type of work or clients or jobs that brings in a lot of money and a lot of status, but makes us feel like crap, makes us feel trapped, keeps us in a state of overwhelm and overwork and burnout, always scrambling, always fighting, always stressed, always depressed and unhappy. There is a a need that is being met and there is a well-worn groove around it. So if there's something that you're really struggling to change, I would encourage you to give yourself grace. It is a very, very, very human experience to struggle to change those deep-rooted habits, patterns, and beliefs. There is a neural pathway that has been formed and our brain forms these neural pathways. It creates these instances and opportunities for habituation so that it doesn't have to spend all of its operating power, all of its, all of our memory, all of our time and energy, our conscious and, and subconscious mental capacity thinking about doing these things. Think about your drive home from work, your drive to your favorite coffee shop. There's so much about that drive, if you've done it time and time again, that you don't think about. It's habitual. Your brain has formed neural pathways that make it automatic that you will turn left on 4th Street. And then you will stop at the stop sign and you will go three blocks down and you will park in the same spot because it's very easy for you to walk to the door. That's known. That's familiar. You can habituate that. And when something is habitual, it's something that we don't consciously think about. It happens beneath in the unconscious mind. And it frees up our ability to use our mental capacity, our emotions, our attention, our thought processes for other things that are new and different, other things that are present that require that aspect of self, aspect of our mind. And a lot of these patterns that we need to break, these habits, these ways of being, these types of relationships that we're in, these types of projects that we take on, whatever it might be for you, these bad habits, they're likely rooted in very old origins. So something like emotional eating can go way back to childhood. It can be that you were hurt when you were very small, before your conscious mind came on at the age of five to seven years old, when our subconscious mind is wide open and everything that comes at us, we have no ability to accept or reject. It just goes in. It just forms our unconscious, subconscious worldview. And so when you were young, you got hurt. And when you got hurt, Your attachment figure, your caretaker, gave you a treat. They gave you ice cream. They told you, don't worry, you're okay, have some ice cream. That ice cream made you feel better. That rush of sugar, that being given something, 
having something that was satisfying to your taste buds, that gave you a boost, a rush from the sugar intake, that starts to form a neural pathway. That's a connection that's made in the unconscious mind that, hmm, sweet treats make me feel better. And because you have no say in a lot of what's happening before your conscious mind comes online, because you're a child, you're somewhere between a newborn and the ages of five to seven years old, if not older. You have no say in a lot of your life. So you had no ability to consciously think, hmm, this might form a pattern that's not ideal for me. Is sugar the best thing that I should be eating when I'm hurt, when I'm sad, when I'm scared? You actually don't have that ability yet. And your attachment figures, your caretakers who are modeling truth for you, the rules of the world, the way things should and shouldn't be, are showing you actively, this is what we do when we feel bad. And if you have more of these situations that occur before your conscious mind comes online, which we all do, for every situation, relational, when it comes to finding safety, security, and success, when it comes to having love and belonging, when it comes to soothing, when we're hurt, when we're scared, when we're worried, we as children, all of us, have multiple events every day, sometimes every hour, every week, every month, as we go through our formation, our growth, our becoming a conscious individual, adult. We have all of these experiences over and over again. And so if your attachment figures have that habituation themselves, find that that's the best way to soothe you as a child when you're upset is to give you a sweet treat. That always seems to make them feel better. Give them a little ice cream. Give them some gummy bears. Give them a cookie and send them back on their way. That's deepening the neural pathway that's forming in your brain. But there's a need that's being met that's often deeper than feeling soothed, feeling better. What do you feel when you get hurt, when you're upset? What did you feel as a child? Were you scared? Did the world seem unsafe for a moment? Was your sense of everything being fun and joyful and safe disrupted in a way that disorganized you internally? Because until that moment, everything was fine. Everything was good. You were happy. You were playing. You felt fine. There was no blood. You were good. And then you fell and you scraped your knee. And as children, not only is it physically painful, but we don't understand. We don't understand what's happening. We don't understand what we're feeling. And we don't know how to self-soothe what we should do to feel better. We look to our caretakers, our attachment figures for that. So if your attachment figure always or constantly and consistently soothes you in such a way that forms a habit. Every time that you're hurt, every time that you're scared, you will look to food because food made you feel better. And you were shown that this is what we do when we're hurt, when we're sad. This is what makes it better. This is what gives us what we need to get back up and get back out into the world. So these neural pathways, these habits are formed so early on. And we have to understand the emotions at play, what happened, what we felt. And so this is where process work is really supportive because we can actually go back to those younger versions of self. 
What's the first memory you have of hurting yourself and being soothed? What's an older memory beyond that? What's a memory that's maybe not conscious to you that your subconscious can reveal to you? We can work with that younger version of self. We can repattern on a deep cellular level. You can rewrite, in a sense, those memories for your subconscious, for your mind, for your neural pathways. Give yourself what you needed. And we can also roll the tape back. So this is something that you can do on your own. Think about whatever it is that you're doing that you can't seem to stop doing, that you're struggling to change. It could be a pattern with relationships. It could be always taking on projects that leave you feeling depressed and hating your life and hating your work. It could be that you self-soothe with food, alcohol, with something else. Go back to your earliest memory of that, of a situation like the one that you're struggling to change right now, of a pattern, of a habit, of a belief, a way of being that you're struggling with right now. What's your oldest memory of that? And just explore, close your eyes, drop into it. Is there an even earlier memory? If there was something that maybe your conscious mind can't access, can your subconscious mind bring it forward and trust what comes? There's a lot that we can't remember from our earliest, most formative years. It's human nature. It's how our minds work, how development works. So something comes up as you deepen into this trust that it's aligned or that it's representative of the roots of this thing that you're struggling to change. And can you play out that memory and then roll the tape back on the memory to when you first felt what you felt, you first felt scared, you first felt hurt, you first felt afraid, you first felt a craving for love attention, kindness, care, whatever it was, a sense of security, a sense of achievement, success, depending on what it is that you're working with. What was it that you needed before you were given or you got something that soothed you to some degree or that taught you that this is how you can soothe when these things happen? Or that taught you what love was from an unhealthy attachment figure when it's really not love, it's just toxic or abusive. What was the need? What was the core need that you felt? And what was the emotion it was rooted in? And we can identify these emotions. We can let ourselves feel them fully. So we can bring them forward. We can immerse ourselves in them. We can let them wash over us. And we can tap into the need from that emotional state. If I'm feeling hurt and scared, what did I need? What do I need when I feel that way? Comfort, a sense of being rebalanced, recentered, confidence, care. What is it that I needed? Something that would make the pain less so would help me begin to mend, me begin to heal? What was the need? And once you can identify what that need was, and it helps to look at different memories attached to this habit, this struggle, this pattern, this way of being that you want to change. And notice the pattern. Is there a theme to the needs that came up, to the emotions that were at the root of the need 
that sparked the need? What did you need? And how did what you were given that you're still turning to, defaulting to, going after, chasing after, fighting for, even though if you know it's not good for you, not right for you, something that you want to let go of, how did that meet the need? And in that meeting the need, what did you feel? Going back to falling and being met with food, ice cream, sugar. You probably felt relief, pleasure, a bit of joy, a boost of energy. Like you earned a treat. You wanted to feel treated. You wanted to feel the opposite of hurt and scared and shaken up. And when your attachment figure, your caretaker gave you the ice cream, gave you the lollipop, you felt something. What did you feel? And those feelings are what allowed the need to feel met. And now you understand the framework, the mechanism that's at play behind our habituation to certain ways of being certain habits, certain patterns, certain people, certain situations, even if consciously now that we're older, we know this isn't good for me. I don't need to eat every time I'm stressed or scared or hurt. I don't need to go after toxic people when I'm feeling lonely and abandoned. I don't need to take on those big clients and projects that I hate that make me miserable, that make me not even want to be alive anymore just so I can feel a sense of security and safety. You see the pattern. And so instead of it being a simple, oh, I shouldn't eat these things. I get that it makes me feel pleasure. What would make me feel pleasure instead? You understand on a really deep level everything that's happening, the sequence of events and emotions, the needs, the way the needs are met, the feelings that allow the need to feel met. You can see those so you can engineer a new habit, a new way of being, and you can see what needs to be healed. Oftentimes, if as children, we fall and we're hurt and we're soothed with something like a toy or food, we start to go after that more and more. It starts to become a band-aid, a bypassing. Because we're not allowed to feel scared. We're not soothed in such a way that allows us to feel our fear, our terror. We're sad. To cry, to hurt. If you fell and you scraped your knee, it was scary as a kid. You didn't know what was happening. You didn't know what the red stuff was. It hurt. It stung. You'd never felt that before. So we weren't allowed to process that in real time. We were quickly bandaged over with something that made us feel better artificially, not as a result of processing through our feelings. So now you can see the feelings that you need to learn to get comfortable with because otherwise you're going to seek to bypass that as quickly as possible because that's how you've been raised, trained, habituated. That is your wiring, your understanding for how to soothe yourself that goes way, way back. This is not an invitation to blame our parents, our caretakers, our attachment figures. It's just what happened. Some of the best, kindest, most well-intentioned parents and caretakers will help us form unhealthy habits because they don't know any different. They're doing their best in the moment. 
they're doing what they think they can do to help. And as a society, as a, a, a world, a people, we are not good with emotions because we don't do this work. We're not taught this work. It's not part of our systems, part of our education. So there is an opportunity to learn to be with emotions so that not only are you not habituated towards the unhealthy pattern, person, whatever it is, habit, you're also not just transferring that to something else. That happens a lot of the time with people who quit smoking. They will turn to something else like food or alcohol because they're still not able to be with the feelings. They're simply transferring that habituation to something else that gives them a different feeling. And while this can be good, instead of emotionally eating, we can learn to meditate, go for a walk, call a friend. We're still using it as a crutch, as a band-aid, as a way to bypass. It's not healthier, even if in some ways it is. We have to learn to feel discomfort, pain, fear, sit with, process those emotions in real time, move them out of our bodies without dependence on external people or things. We have to learn to self-soothe, self-regulate, to step outside of our stories, to be with our physiological experience, our emotions, to feel them all the way through so that there isn't anything to mask over. And then from there, we can look at, I've processed, I've moved it through. What do I need now to get back in motion? And we will have access to a wider variety of resources, things that we can do, conversations we can have, tools, skills, soothing techniques that won't be bypassing because we felt our feelings. So if there is a habit, a pattern, a way of being that you are really struggling to change, give yourself grace, you are human. It likely has roots so deep that you don't remember where it started because it's so far before your conscious mind even came online and you didn't have a choice in forming it. And maybe it was formed by people who were toxic and abusive and unhealthy. And maybe it was formed by people who were beautiful and loving and just didn't know any different or better. And maybe they did what was right for them and your siblings, but wasn't for you because you're a different personality. It doesn't matter how or why, unless there are things to process there, things that will help you to intellectually understand. It helps me to intellectually understand that there was a trauma when I was young and I was soothed with food. That makes a lot of my emotional, my personal emotional eating patterns and habits make sense. It started so young, so far before my conscious mind was online, before I can even access memories. It's a bit of information that is helpful. It does nothing to blame the people involved. It's just information, insight. So that can be helpful. And it's about understanding what did you feel? What was the feeling that was bypassed, washed over, just skipped and replaced with something better? What was the need that was there with those emotions? And how was that need met? And what was used to meet that need? And what did you feel? This is all insight into what needs to be felt and processed, what you need to get comfortable with and learn to move through and be with. 
rather than just, okay, I'm not going to emotionally eat anymore. Instead, I'm going to use drinking as a crutch. I'm going to have to be outside as a crutch. And being outside is great. Meditating is great. Massage therapy is great. Other things that bring us pleasure and peace and calm and centeredness are great. It's about not having an unhealthy dependence on something. Because then we have another habit pattern that is keeping us from actually doing the deeper work of feeling and processing through our experience. So just keep this in mind if you're struggling. If you're really struggling to change something in your life, there is a deeper need that is still being met. And not only does it need to be met in a different way, you need to heal and process through the root experiences and feelings and traumas. You need to build a relationship to those emotional energies and learn new ways of working with them, being with them, processing through them. And some of those deep neural pathways, those habitual ways of being are so deeply rooted that this can take time. So give yourself grace. If you need support, acupressure and process work are both wonderful tools, things that I do for myself and with my clients. You can check the show notes for more information about that, but give yourself grace. And look for examples of people who have healed through this same thing, who have learned new ways of being. What was their experience like? What were the emotions that needed to be faced and felt? What tools and resources supported them? And what are different alternatives that are healthier and more aligned for after we felt through our feelings and certain situations? What are different ways of being that we can then adopt after we felt through our fear of failure, our sense of abandonment and loneliness, our pain or hurt after we felt through that? What do we need? What's next for us to create more of what we want in our lives to be more of who we're here to be? That's the work. If I can support you, I would be happy to. Please check the show notes for a whole bunch of resources to support you with this, including some links to acupressure albums that we have. And I will be back soon in another episode. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com slash podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.